Social Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since 96. And joining me here to... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Let's do that again. And joining me here this evening is AFC Monty. Monty, how are you doing this evening? Oh, mate, I'm not too bad. I am sweating. It's roasting. I don't like how hot it is in the UK, but we move. These buildings were made to keep the heat in, not let them out. So, and yeah. the AC at work broke, so it didn't help either. But, oh dear. you know, yeah, don't honestly, mate. I was, I was roasting, but there was good news that was keeping me through it. So... I'm sure we'll talk about yeah that plenty of good news to speak about but yeah i mean like i've I, the, the place that i record in is just like a little makeshift studio it's like in a shed but it's in a very it's it's very poorly insulated so i've got the door open and mm. i usually like um have this long curtain which uh because I, I managed to negotiate half of this space um um to use as like you know recording studio and making videos etc um but yeah I, I usually have this long curtain which like divides the room so that all the sound is you know um kept nice kept and spin. clean yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and i just couldn't today i just had to lift the curtain up oh, open the door wide open and um I still can't feel much fresh air. So yeah, it's, it's proper boiling in here. And the, you know, my, my, my forehead is, um, yeah, I'll, I will save the imagery <laughs> and description. Oh, mate, I can imagine, mate. I'm going to see, I've got, I've got an Aperol spritz right here. Like I'm off. I went straight for the freezer, grabbed the ice, got a drink. I'm oh, just, I need it, man. Need yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, but look, you know, we've got plenty of good news to hopefully cool ourselves yeah. down. Um, <laughs> James, uh, James isn't here the minute he will be joining us soon. Uh, hopefully we will be speaking to James um, this evening. Uh, but why don't we kick it off today um, by talking about the... I mean, uh, I, I did want to start off by talking about the game. In fact, let's do that. Let's talk about the game and then we can come to um, yeah, all the other bits and bobs. Arsenal played their first... Well, I mean, it's uh, unofficially their first, officially mm. their second. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what would you count the um, the Ipswich game as? But more of a fitness game. I would say a fitness game. Yeah, just because it was behind closed doors and no one heard about it. Whereas this is like a because obviously scheduled in. You scheduled in. You have to prearrange the stuff. There was a whole there was a whole boot camp. They went to the Adidas headquarters, which apparently is absolutely huge. Like apparently it's, it's absolutely enormous. It's got like swimming pools. It's got um like football pitches. It's got a lake. It's got, it's even got sun lounges for the staff to like wow. chill. And then next to it is the Puma one as well. Oh, wow. it's like an, the whole, the whole like town is basically dominated by this, uh, by these two complexes. It's quite crazy. Very Google-esque, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to like walk around there. Well, you saw them, you saw them on their video when they did the the cycling with a the bike. They just cycled around the 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 whole sort of park, but apparently it's that big. It's a, it's mm. a dec- decent cycle. So, yeah. Yeah, it looked like they were having the time of their lives, some of them, uh, doing wheelies and all sorts. Oh, don't. Gabrielle, Gabrielle was giving me, giving me like, I was, I was like, mate, I, I'm all for you having, having, having fun, but I swear to God, if you get injured, boy, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Saliba real quick. Yeah, it was so funny. I was watching Hugh Wizzy's video and um, just talking about it and he's, he had the same exact reaction. Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> we yeah. Really, we really could do about uh, an injury before the season starts. But look, yeah, um, the first, I guess, official 
preseason friendly and mm-hmm. wow what, what a start to preseason I mean 5-3 wow. the final result um, yeah. we, we went into halftime 2-0 down let's let's talk about the first half and then we'll come into the second half um, and I, I don't I don't want this um, podcast to be dominated with you know just, this, just by mm-hmm. just this game because there's so much else to talk about but um, yeah talk to me about kind of your expectations going into this game what you were more what you were most looking forward to um, analyzing and then just break down for me the the kind of realities of what we witnessed in that first half. Yeah, definitely. I think going into the the game, I really wanted to see Lino Souza get some time, which I was quite. Um, uh, it was it was a shame that he didn't. Um, and, and Cedric came on for Tierney after thirty minutes, which was scheduled and planned, which is fine. Which I thought was fine, but I would have really liked to seen Souza have an opportunity there. Um, over Cedric, personally, um, but I think with the with the, the squad that they came out, you could see the the names that were on there. There were clearly players that they want they want to get gone. So I think it was their opportunity to highlight their talents. And well, they didn't highlight nothing. Um, they, mm. oh, I was, yeah, it was. Uh, it, I was very disappointed. It was actually annoying me. Uh, I can't, I can't lie because I was, I was so pumped up. I was so excited to see all these new sign-ins play for us. Uh, and then the first half, we go into it two 0 and I'm like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like when we uh, played uh, Hyberian and Rangers last year. It was like, mm. oh, for God's sake! I was just like, this, what the hell? Um, like second-tier Bundesliga team. But um, no, there were some, there were some good moments. Like Emil Smith's throw, almost rocket. Like yeah. that the the curler I was like he looked sharp I must say he looked really sharp there were there were some moments where they were, they were keen I wasn't too sure on what Matt Turner was doing but do you know what oh do you know what I'm not going to judge him I think it's I think it would be very harsh to judge him off a training video where Gabriel Jesus well he slotted one past him and uh, an arrow an aerobatic dive but um, I think it's a bit harsh to judge him I think it's a bit too soon but I was a bit puzzled I was a bit like why don't you just stand your ground instead of float in the air and then react um, but apart from that I, I think yeah they, they, it was more of an opportunity to get these players sold and then well we saw the second half didn't we mm. second half I don't know what Mikel Arteta said to these men he must have thrown a bench at them or something because like <laughs> they they came out with cooking and well we saw it instantly with the substitution of uh, Gabriel Martinelli and the man himself Jesus Oh, let's not also forget about the other one. Um, oh, Marquinhos. Well, no, I think you're forgetting the the, the obvious uh, midfielder who came and changed uh, the dynamics, even got himself a goal. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Mo, I, I, do, you know what, do you know what's really funny about El Nenny? And I've said this for a while. The guy has the most ridiculous goal comp I've ever seen. Like, you can look through any player in history. You can go Roberto Carlos. You can look at um, uh, what was his name? What was that? Uh, um, the the Brazil, the, the Colombian goalie's name who used to score oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah, free yeah. kicks. Yeah, you can you can go for all of these, right? None of them got touch Mohamed El Neni's goal comp. Like it, it's. I think he only has one goal on the edge of the box. Every single goal he scored has come from outside the box, and they're absolute screamers. The absolute scream is like when he took that shot on. I said he's going to do it. He, I, I can't believe it. I, I literally, don't, I, mate. I, I, I lost. I lost it. I can't lie. I was so gassed. I was just like, "What? 
Like I could just imagine, like imagine that was in like a league game, and I could just imagine Martin Tyler and Peter Jury just oh, out of nowhere, like Arsenal need a goal now. Like they need it in the dying moments, and then oh my word, out of nowhere, how's he done that? You know what I mean? Oh, it was just it was unbelievable, unbelievable yeah. stuff. But um, I think the main the main driver for the second half what was the big signing, Gabriel Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. he took what ninety seconds, and then he got, he was basically involved in both of the own goals, um, which which were ruled as own goals. So we can't give him his hint, but he was directly involved uh, mm. in them and he stopped the player stopping the third one, which Edwin Ketter hit off the bar. And then he's got his, oh, beautiful touch, wasn't it? That, that last goal. Mm. Oh, it was a beautiful touch. And I, it, it made me feel happy because I was like, do you know what? I mean, I'm not going to get gassed because it's like a Bundesliga two team, Nuremberg. Like no, no, like offense to them. Like it, they're not Premier League quality, but it was the way that he, they came in, the approach, the the application that they showed in the second half, which was the most appealing, and the quality. Just as just simple as that. The the finishing, like if that was Lacazette last year, that ain't happening. Like it, it we would have probably finished the game two two. Do you know what I mean? Like we wouldn't have found those extra goals, um, and it was just. It was Jesus and his, his 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 ability and the way he linked up with Gabriel Martinelli for that. Um, I believe it was the uh, Eddie Nketia goal. I think it was. No, 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 no. It was Gabriel's, but Eddie Nketia basically, yeah, he come in, passed it off to Martinelli, and then Martinelli flinged it into Jesus. Yeah, oh, man, mm. it was just unbelievable. But yeah, on on that, I mean, as a whole, I was annoyed about the first half. Happy with the second half. Um, there are some things that need to be done in, in, in defending, I think, with the positioning. And we saw Russell Waters as well, who, who had a good who had a good game, to be fair. I mean, you've got Mari, who was next to him. Mm. Like, Mari's 27, professional, experienced, played in Serie A, played in the Premier League before. And Russell Waters made him look like, you know what I mean? He made Russell Waters look like a baller because mm. he, Mari was so poor, so poor. Um, yeah, and it was interesting. It was interesting. But I personally, my, my only bugbear of the whole game was I, I really would have liked to have seen Lino Souza had a, had a had an opportunity because he's a player I rate that's coming up personally yeah uh, <clears throat> I mean there's a another individual who we saw in the second half um, and Malapatino yeah, there we go. Yeah, I was just wanted to um, give a quick word on him, uh, and, and and actually, um, a lot of the young players got you know some minutes. I mean, uh, but Balogun came on as well. Marquinhos. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget Nelson starting as well. Yeah, yeah, Nelson and um, Maitland Niles, um, and, and and I agree with you. Um, when you said, you know, in the first half, uh, most of those players playing would have been playing for a move away. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it, to kind of see the way things are unraveling um, with, you know, Lucas Torreira travelling with the squad mm-hmm. to the States. Um, you know, William Saliba will we'll, we'll touch on him coming back into training on his first day, but also um, what looks like a, a new contract extension as well. So uh, things are very, um, what's the word, when it's up and down, things, things. Undulating. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that word actually means, but I'm going to take I, your I, word for it. Undulating is like the hills, you know, like the sort yeah. of plains that goes up and down. It's, yeah. Very close, up, ebbs and flows. Sporadic is that the word? Is it sporadic? sporadic? Sporadic is more like it's here, there, bit of that, bit of this. You know, it throw it in there, but up and down is undulating or ebbs okay. and flows. Well, there you go. I just learned a new word today. Things are very undulating. <laughs> I asked where the minute. Undula- undulating. Undulating is that is that easy? Yeah. Undulating. Yeah. 
Well, there yeah. you go. Undulate. I hope I've used it in the right context. Right? I've used it in the right context, right? Things are undulating yeah. at Arsenal. It's got a little oh. ring to it. It has got a little ring. I, I'm trying to think if that's the right context for it. Because you, you can say something is, un, like, like you can say like a, a landscape is undulating. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what, we'll we, we'll yeah. Have it. So now I'll send it, send it. There There's probably go. someone out there that's going to be like, that's Things wrong. are undulating at Arsenal. And what, what really um, impressed me was the speed in which the response came. Because, you know, I yeah. associate Arsenal with very sluggish, slow. You know, it takes it, it takes kind of like one moment for things to change. As in like, Bukai Saka needs to get a hold of the ball. Or, you know, we need to get shot on goal in order for the wheels to start really turning. Um, mm-hmm. But the second half, they came out and they came out with such explosiveness. It was just incredible to see how two players, two or three players coming off the bench, um, you know, change the tempo again. And I think that got, that's, uh, that, that there is a lot of uh, to do with the mindset and um, single-handedly, you know, Gabriel Jesus came on and, and took the game by the scruff of, scruff of the neck mm-hmm. um, inside 90 seconds, as you say, not only did he score, but he was, he, he was he was involved the link up he was involved with yeah. the build up of that goal it was him with the ball um creating that scenario for himself pushing the ball out wide and then um you know linking up well with the others i can't remember from the top of my head but i can remember the finish from an acute angle great finish brilliant finish a striker's finish and you know we i think we we got to see a glimpse of um honestly how good he's going to be because um this signing for me like most others screams mm. like you know an elite level signing and it, 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 oh, i really yeah. i really do have to put this signing on the same um level same stratosphere as uh sanchez and ozil um and and, and there's so many like similar hallmarks as well with you know all three players coming from elite clubs uh, all three players having won so much already in their careers and mm-hmm. you just you could argue that all three players taking a step down to come to Arsenal from their respective uh, clubs and yeah. you know and absolutely and actually all three players not really admired or appreciated as much as they were for those previous clubs than they were at Arsenal because they came to Arsenal and they really made their names here uh, Sanchez Ozil yeah both coming to Arsenal's and making themselves, you know, world names. Um, and I, I could really see the same thing happening to Gabriel Jesus, you know, being, I say this all the time, criminally underrated at City, not really given the opportunities that he possibly deserves. And now he's at Arsenal. I get the impression that he knows it's his time. Yeah, and definitely. When you've got a player like that, it's so exciting because everyone else bounces off them. Everyone else is watching that guy and it just rings alarm bells in everyone else's head. Like, okay, now it's time for us to go. Now it's time for us to really push on because we've got this leader here, this leading figure who is going to get us goals. Yeah. We can trust that he's going to score goals just from watching that game. And we know that, you know, his presence alone um, in that final third Experience. of the pitch. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, winning. It's, yeah absolutely. Uh, winning. Because you've got to think he's been at City and they had Liverpool breathing down their neck for the last four seasons and they've had to win every single game. If they drop a single game, they could cost them the league. 
Um, so he's he's used to his pressure. And it's funny when you say he was underrated at City. Now, I would say he he was underused because if you I've actually spoke to a lot of City fans and they were they were quite sad to see him go. Um, mm. A lot of them, a lot of them, um, not everyone, um, but a lot of them very much like the player. And they've all said, I remember when we posted, they said, like, look after our boy, like he's going to he's going to do bits and. And then when you've got like another Brazilian, you went to the other the other mob, and uh, he's missing training goals from four foot out. I mean, <laughs> I saw that video. It, today. Yeah, oh my laughing. god, I was creasing. I was six, 60 million, he can't score from four foot, and you've got our man doing cheeky little flicks. Uh, I can't, I don't know, I can't wait. I can't wait. I think I'm just so excited for the signing. I just think now what we want to do is is, is just embolden that midfield that's going to feed him, and he's going he's going to oh, he's going to do some serious stuff. I think. <laughs> I think, uh, and the thing that what I like about him the most, it's, it's the, it's the, the quick, the quickness, it's the, the, the willing to get forward. And what I really liked as well is how Eddie and Ketia and Jesus linked up, mm. because I think if there's a game that's a bit frustrating for us, and Jesus is up front and Niket is on a bench, yeah, and maybe I don't know Martinelli or Saka gets a bit tired, you can take one of them off put Jesus on the wing and have Niketia up front or, or maybe even move over in completely in like a foot, like a, like mm. a, I don't know, like a free, oh, I'm trying to think, a free, two, three, one, or, or do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, We, we can play with it um, to get to get him in there. Um, and I, it was interesting because they, they're, and didn't get his both the same as, as, as uh, off the ball, the same as Jesus. The pressures were just insane. And that was another thing I noticed as well. He And that's what Pep said. He's one of the best off the ball. And we saw that. I mean, he was chasing down players when we were like two goals up and he didn't really need to, but he's still doing it. Mm. Um, and it, it was just interesting to see. And, oh, it's going to, it's going to be great. He's, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to do, he's going to do the business. He's going to do the business. And like, it's funny when you say like, it's a similar sign into like Ozil Sanchez. I'd even say a Bamiang as well. Yeah. Um, and, and he definitely has taken a step down. I mean, you're talking about City here who've won four of the last five Premier Leagues um, they've won got every cup pretty much bar the Champions League and they keep winning it um, so yeah he's definitely taken a step but I think the the most important thing was the uh, he, he's now got that opportunity and I think that was sort of the big the sell for him now he because if you look at the Brazil team Richarlson starts over him right but that's because Richarlson was starting every game at Evan mm. Richarlson's not going to start every game at Tottenham but Jesus is going to start pretty much every game for Arsenal. So, yeah, he, he yeah, he, I, I can see him starting for Brazil at the World Cup. If he, if he can do that against, oh, exciting stuff, man. Exciting. So exciting. And especially his playing style as well. And, you know, what got me thinking when I was watching him play in the second half is, well, how is, I mean, what is the dynamics going to be like going forward into next season with Saka, him, Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe, um, because all of those players have their own individual qualities and styles. Like last season, we very much depended on the football being played down the right-hand side via um, Bakayo Saka, who would uh, more than likely you know, be linking up with the likes of Odegaard and um, be it Cedric or whoever else was on that right-hand side. But now you've got a striker, you've got a dynamic number nine who, can, who likes to... Um, run around a little bit and who likes to um, move from flanks because he's got experience playing down those flanks. He can now play with a little bit of freedom and free reign. You know, he doesn't necessarily need to be the traditional um, Aubameyang role where you or, or Lacazette role where you are confined to that space. 
where, you know, you have to wait to be fed. He is actively, and that's what I noticed um, in those first, I guess, 10 minutes of the second half where, where you know, we would, I think mm-hmm. we scored those first two goals. It would be, um, he was moving from right to left. He was moving from center to, you know, deep into the number nine, no, sorry, the number 10 role. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it affects Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, um, et cetera, et cetera. How are they going to react to that kind of, and, and I know it's going to bring out more from them, but I just want to, it'd be interesting to see how, um, how different or how, how, how their playing style might change or develop. Um, you know, we could maybe, it might have a hindrance on it. I doubt it. I highly doubt when you've got such an explosive striker like Jesus, um, obviously it allows everyone else to play well around you. Um, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we still get to see the qualities and um, we still get to raise the game and levels of players at Saka who were, you know, we were, mm-hmm. you know, very much relying on. Relying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, just before we move on from this game, um, I want to quickly touch on Kieran Tierney because um, he yeah. was taken off after 33 minutes. And actually, um, I think he struggled quite a bit on that left-hand side. One of the goals coming directly from a mistake from him. I think it was a mistake. Yeah, he was a bit, he was a bit, he was a bit, no, yeah, he was a bit too far forward. And yeah. it was a, an area ball that went to Sambi. Sambi thought he was clear. No, but and people say it was Sambi's fault. But if you actually look at it, no one communicated with him that there was a man on no yeah. one said man on like if you actually listen to the audio um so he just he, he went yeah okay i'm gonna pass it over i think it was to el nenny that was no not el nenny um i can't remember who was in midfield of him but he basically tried to pass it over the ball got intercepted and that left in between mari and tierney because tierney was quite far forward he was already committed to the attack he went forward and then mari to be fair was poorly he was too central he needed to shift out because tierney stepped forward he's supposed to shift out and he didn't it was too late and um yeah so tierney had to sprint <laughs> literally sprint back and he couldn't do it fast enough and uh yeah mari got caught slipping and uh, yeah, it was a it was a poor goal. It was a very poor goal. But uh, it was it was it was good to see him though. I think it was just good to see him. We let him get a run in. He's come back from a serious injury, mm. um, so I'm not expecting him to be 100. percent But I think we'll we'll see him get to that over in in the US. Um, I mean, he's got what four games? Is it four games? I no, think it, three it, games. It, three games, and then the Emirates Cup, isn't it? Yeah, the Emirates against uh, Sevilla. Yeah. Um, so I think I think in that time he will see him properly kick back on again. Um, but yeah, there was a bit of nerves and there's a bit of sort of rustiness, and that's that's to be that's to be expected. But it was very poor positioning for Maori uh, to allow that goal. Um, it should have been wider, but yeah, we move. I mean, but yeah, I'm just glad to see him on the pitch again because well, he's just a great player. Yeah, I, I guess what concerned me a little bit was how important um, that role is that Kieran Tierney yeah, plays because uh, not only do again that's that's another channel that we 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 love to you know go down when we're attacking um Tierney traditionally loves going down the byline um you know throwing a shoulder and you know uh, getting past defenders and then crossing deep balls into the box um mm-hmm. he's, he's he's also previously you know cut in scored a few goals as well by you know running into the box um but it's going to be so important whoever plays that role on the left hand side that they are equally as good as recovering 
because um, when you leave that much space behind, and that's something that really concerned me when I watched that game in that first half, was how much space we were leaving in behind and how careless we were being as we were moving forward. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just a bit, uh, I'm a bit concerned that going into next season, if we don't um, sign a um a reliable individual whether it be a backup or whether it be someone who challenges Tierney someone who's defensively capable i think it's going to be a very yeah. topsy turvy kind of season where mm. we'll probably concede two or three goals and end up scoring four or five um uh, but yeah give me your take on 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 the kind of defensive uh game and uh, maybe what arsenal needs to do in the window right now to to to, to fix it i know i know we've got william saliba coming back i know yeah. we've got others who are on holiday i think is it just saliba who from the defensive side tomiyasu um has come back as well tommy it was yeah. it's tomiyasu saliba tomiyasu He's on holiday. Yes, yeah, Tommy Ashley's back, but he he was on international um, mm. holiday because he was out in Japan, like training kids independently and stuff. Um, so he's enjoying it. I'm not too sure if he was back today, but I know I know Saliba was, Saka was. So I would assume I would assume that he is back, but we haven't heard any confirmation that he is back. He might have to an extra day or or something. Um, I think it was just Ben White, isn't it? The other yeah, defender. Yeah. 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 Um, but we'll bet, yeah, because Baron White was uh, was at Nuremberg as well. Um, we saw him on the on the coach, but with um, no, with this sort of defensive side, I think you're right in saying that we do need that backup. Um, but it's interesting to say when you said with Saliba comes in now, I think Saliba coming in is it completely changes the way that we can play because uh, we have Ben White, solid centre back, Gabriel, solid centre back, great partnership. We also have Saliba. So that means we could actually genuinely go back to a, we can go to a free if we needed. Um, and then we could use, say, uh, if, if Nuno doesn't get a, a loan out, he could go as a wing back. And I think Nuno is a far better wing back than as a defense, like as a left back. Mm. Um, I think going forward, he's brilliant. And I could actually see that player doing, I'm not comparing the player, but I think he could do sort of like a Gareth Bale and move up. Because I, I see him more as a winger. I think he's just far better going forward. And he's yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, than as a defender and I think Saliba coming in changes that what we can do in, in defending like because we had Rob Holding before who who, who did a, he can do a decent job but we, we saw against Song he can get rattled easily and he gets isolated so I think with Saliba we've seen him against players like Mbappe be able to cope with that and chase them back and so I think that completely revolutionizes what we can do in terms of uh, sort of fluidity and uh, the the flexibility of 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 the tactics, but I would agree and say that we definitely need a left back who can be, uh, suffice if if uh, Tierney does step out because it's most likely that he will get injured. But I think what they want to do to reduce that is to actually rotate him out because last season, I mean, they tried it with Tavares, but he just isn't he just isn't defensively good enough to be a left back in my opinion. Um, so I think if we do get a, a, a solid backup um, and there's some that we are linked to, or if we could get someone who could challenge, that'd be great. Um, but I, th- I, I, I'm more akin to maybe a, just a solid backup who can step in and do a good job um, and maybe spend some more money in other critical positions uh, who we need starting quality and not necessarily backup options. Mm. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too, too fast on it, but I, I think, the main thing, the biggest, the biggest thing of the, of the whole thing is the fact that we do have sleeper back. Um, that that is going to completely change the whole whole 
the whole back line, I think, and it will allow us to move to a three. We can also have a partnership, I think. I think even like Raholdin and Saliba would actually yeah. quite complement mm. each other as 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 just as they are. I think um Holden is is not a sort of a ball playing defender. Um he he he's quite good. He's good at being solid. He is actually pretty good at that. And we saw him when he used to when Mikel Arteta would bring him on to shore up the defending. You know what I mean? He would come yeah. on and he would just shore up the defense. Um and he can do that, but he needs he needs a partner next to him who can who can sort of do those tricky balls. You know what I mean? He he he's more of a sit back defender, like a little bit like a sweeper. Whereas if Saliba, who can go, who can and play forward, he can make those passes forward. He can come back. I think that could be quite good um, for him. And I think him and Gabriel as well. We might see maybe White holding. We might see all sorts of partnerships for next season. So there's a lot to look forward to. Um, and I, and I think that the whole Saliba coming back is a sign in in itself. Um, and and yeah, on the left back, I just think I think just get a, get a solid backup, a solid backup. He's got a lot of experience. Um, we don't necessarily need a project player yet. Um, do you know what I mean? We need someone who, if Tony does get injured, he can step in, and he's not gonna he's not gonna be a massive drop in quality. And there are a few people that we are linked with who aren't a massive drop in quality. They're not Kieran Tierney because he's one of the best left backs in the league, but. He's definitely up there. He would definitely definitely do a good job. So, um, I yeah, I wouldn't yeah. put it as a main priority. Yet. Yeah, just I mean, just sticking with that left back position. Um, uh, you, you know, if it is an out and out left back, then would you consider someone like Alex Grimaldo over um Martinez? Um, I th- see. Oh, because I've been seeing, I've seen it just as you as. I think Alex Grimaldo, I mean, I have seen a couple of games of Benfica and um, I remember when we were linked back with him, I think it was about four years, three years ago now, before he went to um, Benfica when he was at Barcelona. Yeah. We were linked to him back then. He is a good player. He he is a good player. He's not an exciting player, but he does his job. Um, he's defensively better than Tavares um, and he, he, he can deliver the ball better than Tavares. <clears throat> but Tavares, it can go better. He he is better going forward. Um, I, I I would be open. To, I would be more open to Grimaldo coming if if it meant that the funds that were saved. Because you're talking about a player who in Martinez who's supposedly going to cost about fifty million euros, right? Yeah. Um, and we can get Alex Grimaldo for apparently seven million euros. Just crazy. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's definitely worth more than that. He's definitely a 25 million worth player, 100%, 100%. Um, if we can get that for 7 million, that frees up 43 million elsewhere. That And what we need more than anything is a proper starting midfielder. Like that, that we need an eight. We need an eight who who like people are scared of. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so if, if we can get Grimaldo, who, who can definitely do a job, 100%, I don't, I don't doubt that he can come in and step in and do a job. If, we, if that frees up funds for, say, Tielemans and another centre mid, I'm all for it. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, uh, if, I mean, if reports are to be believed, um, Grimaldo, Arsenal have submitted an offer, supposedly, uh, for Alex Grimaldo for about 5.9 mil, 6 Yeah, mil-ish. less less than they wanted. They want, they want seven. Yeah. yeah. And what I, is this about Arsenal... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of conversation about the way that we're conducting our business in this market, and it's, it's very diff- it's very different to how we've usually how we usually behave, which is you know get mugged off at the negotiating table because we give in too easily. But now we're seeing things like this: if a player, mm-hmm. if a, if a club like uh, Benfica asking for seven, we're you know bidding a mil. Um, one point one mil less. Surely, if you know this is a player that you've identified that you want, um, as a backup, and you know you put in a bid for him, you just put in the whole seven mil, no? See, right. Uh, uh, this is my take. I mean, I work in sales, right? So I have to. I deal with people selling, and buying all the time. If your first bid gets accepted, you've paid too much. Mm. That you 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 paid too much. That that company's already happy with it. You've paid too much. You always go under. You always do it because at the end of the day, it's business. If you can save a million here, that's going to work wonders on a wage budget. That's do you know what I mean? It's those those little things. And at the end of the day, it is a business. So it's all about numbers at the end of the day. So they're going to go in low. Um, and it's all about gauging it. It's about gauging the reaction. Like if they go, that's disgraceful. Absolutely not then they might get even kicked out of the voting. They might even get kicked out of the bidding table. But if it's a case of, look, that's not really what we're looking for, maybe a bit more, then you can gauge, you get, you get a realistic idea of what they're actually looking for. So let's say, for instance, a player's £10 million and you bid free and they go get the, you know, get out of the room. Then you're like, okay, cool. That, that was just bang out. But if you say go in at £7 million, they go, hmm that's not quite what we're looking for. We need a little bit more and you can go, okay, okay. I might come in at about nine, maybe eight and a half. And it might tempt them because 10 million was there asking and they might be like, eight, eight million, that's not that far off, you know, and we want to get it done quickly. And that's one million and a half million saved. Now, if you do that over five, five deals, that's what seven and a half million that can free up potential big contract for a player for, like you know what I mean so hmm. it's it's all about saving those little pounds it's business at the end of the day these people are I'm number savvy so yeah yeah I'm not I'm not too concerned yet, and I appreciate that they're doing it because unlike say another club across the pond uh, called Chelsea who are just happy to seems to pay, pay ridiculous fees and Man United as well who are, who seem to want to pay over the odds for players it, it if you do that people will sell you their players for more than they're worth because mm. you have that reputation of overpaying. And it's and, it, and I would say, look at look at us trying to sell. So buying, we're savvy. Selling, we're awful. Absolutely awful. And look at the Florentina. They, they thought that they could mug us off and get to, to um, Torreira cheaper. And well, that hasn't worked out, has it? Um, but because of we've had the contract issues, because we've had all these issues, people assume that, that that's the norm and that they can do it. So if we do go in over, if we do overbid on players, people will go, say if he's a 10 million pound player, they'll go, yeah, he's 15 million. Do you know what I mean? Because they'd expect us to pay 10 million, which is exactly what they wanted in the first place. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I mean, I guess what was what's a little bit concerning for me in in this particular case with Grimaldo is that we know he's worth far more than seven mil. You know, here's, here's a yeah. player who's on his last, his final year um, at Benfica. He's worth at least, I'd say, 15 to 20 mil. Uh, 25 years of age, no, 26 years of age. Um, you know, he's about to enter the prime of his career. More than happy, it seems, to move to Arsenal. So, I don't know. I just, I, I wish our um, business would be a little bit more quicker at this stage anyway, because we have got 
four weeks to go, just under four weeks, actually, before the first game of the season. We're going to the States to start our tour. Why not get this deal done as quickly as possible to bring him on, you know, with the... bring him on tour with the um, the squad and get him properly integrated so that if anything happens with Kieran Tierney, which is more than likely, um, then at least you have someone there who can step right in and, you know, potentially do a job. Um, um, But I mean, yeah, I mean, again, if it's to be believed with the case of Aaron Hickey, um, and again, I highly doubt this is, then... um, you know, Arsenal, again, just not acting quick enough, um, allowing things to, you know, drag by its heels and allowing Brentford to come in. Um, but, I, you know, I, again, I highly doubt that was the case for that particular uh, situation. I think Aaron Hickey moved because Arsenal just weren't interested in the end or um, we couldn't guarantee him, you know, first in football and Brentford can. Um, so, yeah, uh, it will be really good to see Gramado come in because that is an area... Um, that Arsenal need to address as soon as possible. Uh, we're very lucky to um, have James join us this evening. James, hello guys. How are you doing? Yeah. How's things? Been a while. Uh, good to have while. you back. Uh, first of all, can you hear me? I'm coming through okay. Yep, loud and yeah. clear. Uh, is it, yeah, it's been a while since I've done this. A week or so. Um, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, very good, man. It's we been just, a while. We've been having a little yeah, chat man. about Arsenal. So um, yeah. we, we we just spoke about the um, the preseason game, uh, the first preseason friendly where you know we won five three. Um, gave our thoughts on that, but um, I wanted to pose this the same question to you as I did with Monty um, about mm-hmm. this left back position. Arsenal will inevitably have to sign somebody if it's to be believed that uh, Tavaj is going to be going out on loan. We've heard interest from Marseille, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of a profile of player do you go for then? Because um, Monty, you know, made the point that it will be it will be far wiser to have an out and out left back rather than someone who's a little bit more versatile. So in that case, do you prefer to sign an Alex Grimaldo over um, Martinez? You could sign Alex Grimaldo. He's a very good player. Um, I think the Martinez saga is kind of dragged on too much to where I'm kind of disinterested now uh, because it's either Manchester United or Arsenal. But it seems like he's going to pick Manchester United over us because of the Eric Ten Hag. It's, it's not completely done, but I think he will end up going to who he knows and who he is familiar with. And um, Although apparently Arteta sold the project to Martinez. But... I think we'll we'll end up going for maybe the cheaper option in Grimaldo uh, because of certain reasons. But Grimaldo is a is a is a great understudy to Tierney. Um, so whoever we go with, whether it's Martinez or, or Grimaldo, I think we're getting a good player. Regardless, mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, uh, a few years ago we were we were linked with um, players like Ryan Bertrand and. All those oh. left backs, but I think now, now we're now we're kind of moving on to the to the kind of higher echelon left backs. As in Grimaldo, you know, he I don't know how old he is, but I think he's 26. still um, twenty six. So he's still he's still he's in his prime now. And uh, uh, if we got a player like Martinez, he's great. But um, I'm sure, as I said, Grimaldo could do a job. And he's also cheaper, so it's saving the club money in the long run, I guess. Mm, okay, um, uh, and hopefully we can get and hopefully we can get a deal done quickly because uh, we we're, we're we're teetering on the edge of um, you know making a signing, but we need to get it done quickly. 
Yeah, it's I been think- a while since we've made a lot uh, a signing, obviously, and and I think that's the most frustrating part for fans is that we started off the window really quick, really good, and then ever since the Rafinha and this Martinez incidents, you know, it's it stalled things a little bit, um, and now we're hearing of you know target number two, target number three, um, as in we're not able to get our first choice. Um, sorry, Monty, you were going to say something. No, I was going to say I think on the Grimaldo fan, and the reason like. It, you're saying like it hasn't been wrapped up quickly is uh, I think that the, the club is still looking at their number one target um, and seeing how that's wrapped up because it's not quite closed yet but yeah. it is very much very very much in the closing stages now and the player is now getting annoyed um, he's actually frustrated at the club because the club feel like the player could become worth more after the World Cup but the player wants to leave now he doesn't want to wait until after the World Cup he wants to play in the Premier League that's the main thing um, and, and then you've got Man United who are willing to pay that asking fee that they that they originally put out um, but the goalposts keep getting moved it seems so yeah I think they're waiting to see what's going on there but I think um, you might see a sort of a, a speed up of, of the whole of the whole situation uh, in, in, in the coming days because like you said we've got the US tour coming up the flights coming very shortly so well, they, they fly out on Wednesday don't they yes yeah. yeah so yeah plenty of business to get done and actually plenty of in-house business to get done as well as we as, as we hear about uh, reports of William Saliba potentially signing a new contract which is absolutely just like mm-hmm. what like what's going on what? i mean uh, uh, one minute he's on uh, a radio show and he's you know slagging arsenal off the other minute he is um talking about signing permanently for his uh lone uh club and now we're hearing i mean you know i i've got i've got two ways of explaining this deal and it's actually however you want to look at it this is very very smart business from the Saliba camp because they know exactly what they're doing here um here is a player who is who knows he's good enough he knows it he knows he is going to be one of the best center backs in the world because he plays with that kind of swagger that demeanor uh, ever since that that, that tackle he put on uh, Neymar, sorry, not Neymar, Neymar Mbappe, um, that you just have that aura, you know, here is a beast in the making. This is something, he's barely 20 years old and he is built, you know, like a, a brick shithouse, for want of a better term, um, uh, quoted by Rob Holding, famously Rob Holding. And um, we know that, you know, wherever he goes, it's going to work for him because it, you just see superstardom uh, cross his face. Um, and so signing this new contract raises a number of questions. Number one, why? Number two, why now? And number three, What's in it for you? <laughs> Other than, um, I mean, I guess the most obvious answer to that third question is money. He's going to be put on a lot of money. And that means that if it doesn't work out for him at Arsenal this season, and if he, if he, if he doesn't, you know, feel it, if he's not feeling the club, and let's say we have a successful season, but for whatever reason, he doesn't feel like he's at home, he can demand um, that salary and more um at where you know where wherever else he goes so this is a very smart bit of business coming from the Saliba camp but monty give me your thoughts on um you know this this bit of news that's that will be made official soon i imagine uh, that william saliba will be signing or has signed a four yeah. year plus one i mean 
the, the most exciting news I saw was the, uh, and this is what I love, what we do with all our signings now, is they make the players sign their number. So they sign about five, ten copies of them. And then I believe the club uh, use them for competitions and, and stuff for the fans. Um, I saw leaked photos of the number two signed by William Saliba. So mm. that's also a bit more news on an outgoing um, in, in good old Ecta Bellerin. Oh, right. Yeah. Weirdly captained Nuremberg. Um, but... Yeah, for for William Sieber itself, I, I I loved it. I love it. I mean, this is a player like you said. He, it's been a rem- It's been all all here, ebbs and flows. It's been up and down. But I think the main thing, and I said this a while ago, is with Arteta's, and this whole GFNN report stuff was just a load of load of old tosh, really, wasn't it? Mm. Um, they clearly had a very clear plan. Um, and they said this last season. They sat down together, the agent, and they discussed what is the plan. And they said, look. We we won't be able to give you all the games, but you want to play. Um, so they they gave him alone. They went to Marseille, played fifty one games, which is way more than we could have given him. And we we understood, but we didn't even play fifty one games. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, so yeah, he had loads of game time. Great for him. Comes back. Arteta has obviously told him, look, you're in our plans. This is how we're going to use you. Um, and he's clearly been convinced by it. Um, so we're definitely going to see him in an Arsenal shirt, which I'm more excited to be because I've, ne- I've I don't I don't know a club who's bought a player and then we've had to wait two and a half years to bloody see him. Yeah, it's a you unique I mean? situation, isn't it? It's very yeah, like weird. I've, I've seen it with youth prospects, sure, sure. I've seen it with like five million pound deals and not twenty seven million pounds. You don't pay twenty seven million pounds to wait for an eighteen year old as well. Do you know what I mean? But it just goes to show how good he is. Um, but yeah, it's very exciting. If we, if we've, if he, if he secures this site, if he secured it uh, and le- seen those leaked photos, it very much looks like he has. Um, oh, it's exciting stuff because this is, this is a, this is a game changer. This is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of scared to compare it, but do you know when Liverpool bought Van Dijk and it completely changed their entire yeah. squad? Mm. Yeah, this is this is this is what we're talking about here. This is a player who every single critic, um, report, reporter, football analyst, manager who's ever managed him, only talks highly of him. And that was very much the same as Van Dyke. People said this guy is going to be the best. Um, and it just goes to show, I mean, he's been accredited with his awards, young player of the year, player of the season. Um you don't get that. You you don't get that in your sure good player. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if it's the French league or not. You, you, you don't get that. Simple as. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. And like I said earlier, it completely changes the dynamic and the, and the fluidity of our defending and how, how we can lay up against a team. Like if we're against a team that say like City or Liverpool is going to be very much on the front foot, we can go to a back three. And I can't wait to to watch Ben White, Gabriel, and Saliba pocket oh, Harlan. God. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna bully the hell out of him, bro. Saliba's like what six foot three. Um, Gabriel's like six foot three as well, six foot two. White six foot one, six foot two. Harlan, yeah, he's six foot four, six foot five. But mate, he's not gonna manage all three of them, bro. Mm. Like it's not happening. You're you're gonna get bullied. And I can't. I I don't. I don't. I generally don't see if if we go into a back three a back three more solid than that. Yeah. I think the only one that could rival that would be Van Dyke, Canate, Gomez or Matip. Mm. In sheer physicality. 
Oh, I've got a big smile on my face. I can't wait for next season. Bring it on. Um, do you know what I mean? This is what I mean. I think I think this is what we've all been waiting for. Um, and I'm just finally happy. And I just want to see the... Tr- I've seen what I thought was smart. They were asked what did is they, they 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 showed the pictures, but they cut out the number. Mm. Um, but now seeing the thing is because I I think that they don't want to say. I think there's been a lot more developments on the Bellerin front than we're letting on. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, we just sort of uh, iron ironing out details. But uh, just bring it on, man. Yeah. Bring on the game against Everton. Let's see the Orlando game because I think Orlando we're going to see some youth prod like Amari Hutchinson. We might see Balogun start. Might see Souza, who I really want to see start because he's really good. Patino, oh, just bring it on. Bring it on, Saliba. Give me Saliba in a kit. Yeah, I don't think we need to wait for too long. But James, um, the, mm-hmm. one of the one of the strangest things about this, you know, upcoming announcement is that it's happening at a really weird time. Like the season hasn't even started; he's just come back from loan. It's his first day in training, and we're already seeing pictures from his agent that he's, you know, uh, at, at Colney wrapping up yeah. this deal. Why now? What what is it about this? particular time that Saliba's decided you know what I'm going to sign and then he might have decided this uh, you know a long time before but why at this particular moment in time where you sign a new extension considering all that's happened and all that you've been mistreated yeah I, I guess you just need you just need the the okay from the manager that you're going to play so like Arteta said to Saliba would have said to Saliba beforehand you're in my plans and we want to give you a new contract and then he'd have, he'd have thought about that over the summer on his holidays and then he'd, they, they want to get it done quickly which shows intent so they might not be signing players quickly but they're tying, they're tying down players quickly like Saliba which is a bonus and you want to get it done before any other club can swoop in and maybe turn his back and tempt him but um, I think Marseille tried tried to buy him. They were looking at it, but they they agreed that it was over, and they respected Arsenal's decision that he's our player. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see him. It's going to be uh, like a brand new signing, and I think I, I I like the comparison to Van Dijk. Um, that I hope he does live up to that in an Arsenal shirt. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And what will that do for Ben White now as well? It's a whole load yeah. of. Um, this competition will be very healthy Tangibles. for those boys at the back because I think last season they were a little bit complacent in knowing that Gabriel and mm-hmm. White are going to be the starting players. They will be in there week in, week out, no matter what happens. And we saw near the end of the season, things started to get a little bit sloppy, a little bit complacent. But now, now that you've got the likes of uh, Holding there and um, uh, Saliba, uh, there is that scope to change things around if it's not working. And that's exactly. going yeah, to put a bit of pressure on them. Mm-hmm, exactly, uh, and pressure's pressure's good in that environment. You know, I think you're gonna he's gonna have a, a fight for places, and and if someone doesn't perform, you know, there's a capable uh, person to step up. So it's what we've always wanted. We've wanted, we've wanted depth, and this is going to be a, a a busy season with the World Cup coming up. So there's going to be a lot gained in a, a small space of time, and we need we need that depth. So it'll be it'll be a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, depth for me is going to be the most important factor um, for this window and for this first half of the season, because if they fail to double up in positions, in some positions, even, you know, have free players, then we're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. But what's 
what some might argue uh, is more important is to have your leaders on the pitch and to solidify the captaincy on the pitch so that we have an identity, we have a character there, we can week out lead in the squad. And we we, we heard reports earlier today that uh, that man might be Martin Odegaard, um, who is uh, set to become Arsenal's next captain. Um, there is a massive split in, uh, I guess, uh, in how people feel about this decision. I posted a little something on Twitter, just giving my thoughts. And, uh, you know, I had half of the um, comments eating my head off <laughs> about the way that I thought. I and think one the of them said blocks as well. So. Yeah, so, so I got muted yeah. by someone who just didn't, didn't want to hear my opinion about the situation. But it is a little bit polarising, uh, Martin. Odegaard becoming captain. Uh, Monty, give me your thoughts. I'm all for it. I mean, this is a guy who captains Norway. So like just anyone who's got a comment against it, just sit down in it. I mean, he's clearly done it on a way bigger stage. So um, yeah, I'm all for it. He's clearly a big leader. He knows what he's doing. Um, He, he, yeah, he's he's a very intelligent player. He plays like a captain. Like when he plays, he never, he's never lazy on the pitch. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for him being captain. Um, I think one of the most interesting things though um, has, and it's actually one of the one good things that Unai Emery did bring to the club uh, was the leadership group. And I, and I'm all, and I think that's a fantastic idea. I really do. I really think that's a great idea instead of the whole captain, vice captain. I think the having the leadership group is great because they have sort of their own roles. You have a defensive leader, a midfield leader, an attacking leader. And if, if the captain's out, then one can step in depending on sort of the situation of the game. Um, yeah, and in regards to Erdogan being captain, I've got honestly, I've got no complaints. I don't think, yes, Tierney could have been captain, but he's he's injured half the time. I, I don't want my captain being injured half the time. Like, you, I'm sorry, that's not a captain. A captain needs to be playing week in, week out, and needs to be leading left, right, centre. Doesn't matter. Um, and Erdogan's done that since he's been here. There, there's not been a num a better midfielder in my opinion in terms of attacking midfielder. Um, and he, he does produce opportunities. He's had second most chances in the league. Um, he also scored goals, assist goals. Yeah, I, I think it's great. And uh, I think the, the the leadership group as well, and I, this is what I've heard, and I can't confirm it. I've not heard anything directly, but I've heard that it's uh, going to be Ramsdale and Tierney are going to be added into it. I don't mm. know if that's the whole group, but I, I, I'm all for that as well. Because as you know, Tierney is a great leader. And I remember the... Uh, what game was it when he was like, oh, how many chances? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> that's a, oh I love that clip. Yeah. Because that that's what you want to see in your players. You want them to be like angry that like you're not converting. You know what I mean? You, you want that bite. That's a captain. A captain is the one who calls people out. A captain is the one who leads by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Erdogan's done that in every respect. To be honest, I think he has been our bright spark when it comes to creativity. Um, and I, I think it's been the people around him that have let him down. So I've got no comment. That's my opinion. What about, what about you, James? Oh, give me a second, James. Yeah, off you go. I think uh, Martin Odegaard is a, is a perfectly good captain. Uh, he's done it, as you said, he's done it in Norway. He's captain, he's captain, captain Norway at a very young age. I think it was only... Uh, he's the youngest ever captain I'm pretty sure yeah youngest yeah. ever captain which is he's already in the history books for that um, and look he's a he, without the captain's armband anyway I consider him a bit of a leader any, any, anyhow uh, he seems like uh, although he's been around for it seems like a very long time he's only he's still only very very young so um, 
I guess that, that's what it, uh, what it pays to be in the game very, very young at the age of 16, 17, where you get a big move to like Real Madrid and then you see you see uh, their leadership and then that rubs off on you and then you become captain of Norway. And he's and he's worked with players like Haaland and kept them in check. So why can't he do it with players like El Nenny and every, everybody else? So, <laughs> um, But there, there will be some... The, the, I think he will um, be able a better captain than the likes of I don't like to mention Bamiang. I think he would um, like he wouldn't take no rubbish. Uh, as for vice captain Aaron Ramsdale and Tierney, you only have to look at Ramsdale uh, that little snippet in the um, All or Nothing trailer, uh, which shows me all I need to know about Ramsdale. I'm looking forward to seeing that actually, <laughs> that full clip because uh, he doesn't he doesn't seem like he takes anything either. Um, yeah, it'll, but that, it'll be interesting. It's no, it's interesting you said it, James, especially with Ramsdale, and that was actually one of the reasons we signed him. Um, that was one of the main reasons they said regarding the situation. He always, he he's always like on his on his defenders. You know what I mean? He he always keeps his head up. He's like, look, bang, focus, like crack on. Um, and that was sort of one of the big things for him. And I would argue against the Abamyang point because Abamyang, yes, he led by his skill and his ability. Yes, yeah, as a character and as a person, no. Um, I mean, turning up late for a London derby is absolutely disgusting behaviour, in my opinion. And I, and I'm I'm so glad Arteta benched in that game because we ended up winning anyway. Um, yeah. But you don't do that. A cap, I'm sorry, as a captain, you don't do that. Could you imagine Tony Adams doing that? Could could could, no. could you could you imagine could you imagine Terry Henry doing that? Could you like could you imagine Santi Cazorla turning up late to a London derby? And then being like, ah, you know, no. I'm a Bamiang. It's fine, yeah. 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 Can you imagine Erdegaard yeah. doing that? Mm, I can, yeah. I, 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 that. I give you that. He's, his professionalism is brilliant. It's second to none. Um, and, yeah. you know, the reason, I guess, why I have, uh, I sit on the fence on this a little bit, um, there, are, there are a few factors. Um, and one of them is... Um, it's going to sound silly. And obviously there are many counter arguments to this, but one of them is the age. Um, he's 23 years old. Therefore he sits in the squad with most of the other young players, but you could counter that by saying yes, but he's had more exposure and experience than anyone else in that squad playing along the likes of, you know, uh, uh, Real Madrid, etc. at the age of 16, being the captain of his national side. Um, and, you know, like most, um, I watched the game, with my eyes and I may not be in the, you know, the stadiums week in, week out, but what I associate the captaincy with more than anything is during tough periods of the game to have a captain is great to when we're winning, um, when we're playing really nice football and you see your captain leading by example, encouraging the boys on. But when everyone's heads are down, that's when I look at the pitch and see, right, where are my leaders? Where are these mm -hmm. individuals who, who are going to rally up the troops? And I just haven't seen enough from Odegaard to give me the impression that here is someone who has that fiery persona. He has got 
bollocks in him to say, you know what, we need to fucking step it up now, boys. Um, something that Tierney's shown time and time again. And maybe it's just not in his personality and it's not in his character to be that kind of guy. But that's who I want. I just, and, and you know, unfortunately, I don't think there is someone like that at Arsenal at the minute. I think the closest person that comes to that um, after Tierney is probably Ramsdale. Um, and I don't know how fashionable it is nowadays to give the goalkeeper the captaincy. Um, I think we're moving away from that a little bit. Look, I'm, 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 I'm really pleased and I welcome this decision because here is a, a player that I've rated highly for a number of years, technically absolutely brilliant. We know that um, he's going to be more or less playing in that position um, for the most part. Um, I just hope that um, he can now come out of his shell a little bit more and just be that persona, be that figure, that, that the figurative individual who looks over others. Um, he, 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 unfortunately, he is going to have that age factor that's going to play it down a little bit because he's not going to be the most senior player. He's not going to have individuals maybe looking up at him like the way players look look up at Granite Shaka, for instance. Um, but, you know, again, this is a, a unique squad in the sense that everyone is more or less around the same age, that 23, 24, 25 age range. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he brings to the table during tough periods of the game. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that because, you know, that was a very, it was a very polarizing kind of um, opinion that I gave. And um, I hope I've been able to explain my point well enough Um but then again, that's just, those are my concerns and those are what I look for in a captain. For others, you might look for other things, um, you know, like just, you know, general performances, maybe uh, someone who's able to relay tactical um, changes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but for me, traditionally, a captain for me just carries the team. And I want to see that. I want to see that from him. And I'm really excited to see him grow in that role um, and also have a really good season because here's, here's somebody else uh, who is going to have a really, really important season that he absolutely nails it. Um, him alongside with Bakaira Saka, Martinelli and Emil Smith-Rowe, all four of those players need to have breakout seasons now because they've had that full season of just raw exposure. So we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, but now we need to see the, the, the finesse. We need to see them, um, you know, we need we need to see them fine tune. The wonderful, the brilliant, the spectacular. That's what we need now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that that is uh, that was the other bit of news that came out today. I want to move on to now talking about um, some targets and transfer news. So um, I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but the search for the central midfielder continues and Arsenal have been linked with a, a number of different players now. The latest one being um, Paqueta from uh, Leon, And this situation is a fascinating one for me because um, it seems to be developing yeah. every day. It seems to be gaining traction as well. But more importantly, everything seems to be going for Arsenal in this case. Uh, I think the only other barrier standing in our way is Newcastle. Whereas the, with the likes of Lissandro Martinez, for instance, there was Eric Ten Hag. There was Ajax not wanting to give the player away um, for, you know, a certain amount. And with for, um, is it Lucas Paqueta? Is that his name? 
Yeah, Lucas Paqueta. That's yeah. it, yeah. For for someone like Lucas Paqueta, um, everything is kind of set for him to leave. He wants to leave, number one. Number two, yeah. um, the uh, the Brazilian director of football um, has left. I forget his name. Um, someone remind me his name? Does anyone know? I, I can't remember Leon's one. Yeah, but um, uh, quite quite an influential uh, figure. Oh, Lewis Campbell. No, it was not Lewis Campbell. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. Um, oh my God, this is going to bother me so much. Right, Monte, give me your thoughts whilst I find out. Um, what what yeah. are your thoughts about Paqueta? I mean, well, as a, I'm so-so this. Don't get me wrong. Unbelievable player. Um, the, my only issue... Juninho, is- found it out, Juninho. Uh, Juninho, yeah. So my only <laughs> issue is... As a profile, Lucas Paqueta is more um a number he is 10. more a ten. Yeah. Yeah, he can play as a right wing. But but there is a big button here. He does have translationable skills. He is a very talented player who has exceptional ball control. He's he's quick. Um he can tackle. Um and he has that in his game. Um if Arteta can see him transition into an eight, because we need an eight, we don't need a ten. We we really don't need a ten. Um, we need an eight. If you can see him coming in and stepping in, and Arteta says that that's the guy I want, crack on. I'm all for it. That, I'm, I'm actually all for it because he is a really good player. Um, and it's same with another player that we've been linked to as well. Um, and I was just reading a report by Alex Cook, um, who speaking on Give Me Sport, um, and he was saying about how Arsenal are the favourites to sign Lucas Paqueta, and um, he's actually higher up the transfer sort of uh, target list, shortlist, I should say, than uh, Sergi um, Milakovic-Savic, who's another exceptional player, who's more, again, is more a ten, um, but can has played on sort of the right and left. Um, I mean, I like, I like the, I like it. I, it's, 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 it's a, it's definitely the ilk of player that we should be linked with, hundred percent. But the way that the, the sort of the, the the news came about, I'm not too sure because for some reason this just screams another Hussein Awa all over again. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm quite skeptical about it. Would I like the deal to happen? Oh, 100 percent. I'll take him in a heartbeat. Unbelievable player, great player. It's, it's, honestly, his ball control. I believe he has something like thirty-four goals in like seventy-five games or something like that, and like fourteen assists. It, it, it like his his GA is 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 unbelievable. Well, I mean, he um, was dubbed the the next Kaka, wasn't he? Um, yeah, at his time when he was at AC Milan, I think was it. Yeah, no, he was, and um, yeah, he's a he's a, he's a brilliant player. He's a brilliant player. And if we could get him for. Oh, I believe what is it around 50, 50 million, 45 million? Snap it, snap mm. that up. Because if you don't, I'm sure Newcastle will because they did it with Bruno Gamarish. And well, look how that happened for them. Great player. And they, they both played with each other, they both know each other well. Um, so yeah, that could be a serious link up. And it'll be very dangerous to let a player like that go to a club like Newcastle because they are very much on the up. Yeah. Um, and getting a player like that gives them more ability to go to another player and go, no, look. Look at our midfield now. Go to an attack and go, look, look, this is feeding you. Two unbelievable attacking midfielders. Um, They'll feed you. So, yeah, I think I think he's a player. I think this is a deal we should jump on. Whether we do it, <sighs> take it with a pinch of salt at the moment. Um, it is my opinion. That, that would be my take. But I, I'm all for it. I, I'm mm. generally all for it still. If, we, if, we, if, if it is true and we're going to go for it and Arteta sees him as an eight, why not? Why not have him? No, that'd yeah. be my that'd be my take. Yeah, I mean, I share I share 
kind of the same sentiment in the sense that this is a player who is who looks a little bit more technically gifted to play in the number 10 role than uh, box to box you know um, offensively he looks brilliant but defensively I have massive question marks and I think right now we need uh, another um, Granite Shaka on a Thomas Partey we need someone who can come in and out and luckily you know he isn't the only target he isn't the only player rumoured um, to be linked with Arsenal. James, out of these, I guess, five players, um, who do you tend to favour more towards? Uh, Lucas Paqueta, uh, Yuri Tielemans, Milinkovic Savic, Ismail Benesa, and Ruben mm-hmm. Neves? Uh, me, it would be Paqueta because of our Brazilian link. Um, because I think that's the deal that most likely will get done because of. Again, the Brazilians that are here and Edu, personally, I think you might see that deal uh, really, really speed up. And it will be because of Edu and uh, the, the fact that the player wants to come. Uh, I think Janinho has a good relationship with um, Edu, so yeah. he, might, he might put in a word and go, yeah, Paquette is available um, and he wants to leave anyway, so why, why not take a punt and offer? Uh, I don't know much about him. I know that Newcastle have been sniffing around because they want a teammate to accompany um, Gamares. They're good friends as well, Gamares and um, Pequeta. Yeah, Very good yeah. friends. Yeah, so that might be that might be a, a sticking point and something to be wary of. But if I was to pick mine, uh, it would probably. If I was to pick who I would uh, be seeing on opening day, it would be Lucas Paqueta. I want Tielemans or Milinkovic Savic. I think that would be brilliant signings. Um, but if it's a player that Arteta wants and, he, and he's chasing, then will be it. Mm. And, and Monty, again, same question to you. Um, I, I, I very much expect Arsenal to sign one central midfielder and an, an additional central midfielder. It would be nice if they could sign two. Um, but out of the five names that I mentioned, um, who do you think most suits the needs of Arsenal right now? Um, if I'm going to be honest, most suits it would be Tielemans, uh, yeah. just because he is he is Premier League proven. Eight, he is a box to box. That is exactly what he is. He's a free kick specialist. Um, he he yeah. I I think j- just just in short Tielemans. Um, I think what gives us more sort of attacking threat would be Paqueta. Um, and yeah, I, but being realistic, I think it would be Tielemans. And I, I, I don't know what if any of those five come in, I'm happy with any of them. Did you, did you uh, think okay. Arsenal go for two or or one? Um, I I would I definitely wouldn't see why they wouldn't explore two. Um, seeing as El Nenny's only going to be here a year, um, so if they can if they can get it from it's a good price, why wouldn't they go for two? I, I don't see why they wouldn't. But it, it'd have to be the, the the market would have to play out right for them, and they would have yeah. to also be able to offload some some players as well. But I think it might be one midfielder at the moment. Um, potentially potentially even defensive mid uh, but well we recently saw I saw videos of uh, Thomas Party in training yes the, the, uh, the one who must not be named <laughs> as things stand yeah. um, I'm listen I'm itching to talk about this whole situation but until obviously things yeah, are resolved we um, we're unable to comment but it is very very positive it seems very positive that he's been spotted in training um, mm-hmm. so that can only mean I mean you know who knows actually I'm not going to say anything because we've seen so many speculations Amazing. over the last so, week so much controversy and if he if he does fly out with the squad on Wednesday I would say that it's very very good indications um, for what most 
for what most Arsenal fans are hoping for. Um, but yeah, if if that goes if 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 that goes pear shaped, then I guess Arsenal will need two central midfielders. Um, but even with the addition of Thomas Bay, I think it will do us the world of good to have two midfielders. If it's to be believed that Tiedemans is available for twenty five mil, then um, you know, like I said, depth, strength, and depth is going to be the most important aspect for us in the new season. And that position, that number eight position, is so crucial to Arteta's way of playing football. It glues to together the defensive half of the game and the attacking half of the game um and so i you know I, I wouldn't see why arsenal don't you know have three different options there um especially since it's the most demanding arguably i think anyway it's the most demanding position you're more likely to get injuries on that part of the pitch um than anywhere else uh but um just talking about you know offloading players i think we are approaching that stage now where uh, a number of players are going to be offloaded and we're seeing players being linked away every other day we know that you know with the number 2 shirt becoming vacant it's more than likely that Pectabellum will be leaving uh who where and for how much that is yet to be confirmed but we i think we saw links uh, or news coming out today that lucas Torreira could be on his way out despite being taking part in the training i think being in london as well for the first time in years um uh, he there were rumors that he might be uh linked with a move to roma for about 10 mil james do you want to give me your thoughts on that so what was that? Sorry, I was looking at something else. What did you? Uh, just, just, just your thoughts on Lucas Torreira potentially moving oh. to Roma for ten mil. Um, Monty, is that um, report as accurate as I've made it sound to be, or is it? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. He he has many suitors. Um, so the eight. So although that Torreira is going to go to the US, um, which he will, um, because it's always good to have sort of your players all together and it's a good squad and everyone gets to play his agent doesn't need to go to America um, so his agent's going to go over to Italy and it's another one as well because uh, basically Arsenal want to get a bit more going on uh, they want to get as much money as they can um, mm-hmm. that they've got Juventus is another team that's very interesting they have been for a while uh, Lazio also very interested uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal were to say to go in for Savage that they didn't offer Torreira in part exchange for the player with some money on top um, Roma as well very interested very interested team um, it's whether or not they can offer the money that's the main thing but Arsenal will not let this player go for let less than 10 they won't let it happen because he's worth more than that he, he like don't get it wrong, Lucas Torreira is a very good player. He's a good player and it's a shame that he, his sort of story at Arsenal didn't end better because I, I do rate him personally. I think he's a, easily a £20 million player but because his contract, he is, he is less than what he is. But no, there, there, there is uh, legs to the Italian links um, just because of the way he dominated, well, I say dominated, the way he played very well and uh, Florentino became the player of the month three times mm. last season um, and he helped their fighting back into Europe. Into Europe. So, um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. We have to just see how it develops because the, it's, unlike the English teams, the Italian teams are cash-strapped. So, yeah, and I guess that is the main issue, isn't it? Um, James, I'm yeah. just having a look at him on Transfer Marked and they valued him at 18 mil. So, you know, give or take five mil, um, you know, plus less uh, on that figure will give you, you know, more or less his uh, market value. How much would you 
um, be happy to see him go for? 10 million. Really? <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think you're going to get, I don't think you're going to get the amount we pay for him. Not anymore. Well, uh, no, I mean, obviously not because of the situation. Obviously, I think contra- contractually, he's 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 only got one year left. But ten mil for a player who's uh, only twenty six and I still think, yet to uh, enter the prime of his career. I think Arsenal will be getting. I think this is one of the possibly one of the the deals that Arsenal are potentially getting annoyed about. That they they, just, they did. That's probably one of the, like they might see it as deadwood. Although the fans might say, fans might say that Torreira still has a lot to offer, which he might he might do, but Arteta might see it as because I think that that's, that would be the last that would be one of the last signings from the Emery era, Torreira, and he might see it as the, the last sort of signing that he needs to get out. So I think they'd just accept anything and take what they can. Sorry, did you say can. the last cult but, signing? <laughs> no, the last signing. Uh, oh, I the, thought you said last... that would have been an incredible analogy to describe that period. Cult signing, that would be brilliant. It was. Uh, the, it was the. La- it was the last signing of the Emery era, it, yeah. like the one of the signings of the em- Emery era, and that was long ago now. So, yeah. Um, one of the you wouldn't be wrong if you was to say cult signing because you know it, it's it, him and um, Gwen Doozy that was, didn't yeah. work out. He was yeah. um, evening. Good evening, yeah. Good evening. And, Good um, evening. Uh, for some reason, both of them have just fallen out with Arsenal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure I love I love this song. I love this song. Yeah. He's only five foot high. Yeah. He comes from Uruguay. Terreira. I was uh, I was there when Terreira scored the overhead kick against Huddersfield. So, uh, oh yeah, what a great goal that was. Um. But then you then you've got Tottenham. I think that's the what top, we're doing. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 that stands alone as a celebration. Oh my God. Yeah. The passion. Yeah. And I, when I saw that goal, I was like, yeah, he's an Arsenal man. And then it kind of fell apart. Um, so anyway, good luck to him wherever he goes. Um, another player being linked away. Um, in fact, before we talk about this guy, and I think we'll, we'll end with these, we'll end with the last three things I want to talk about. Um, two transfers away from Arsenal and one uh, appointment. A very positive bit of news to end on but um leno supposedly um in verbal agreement with goodbye um for the for the for the amount of 11 mil uh what do you think monty about this still uh i'm all for it i mean leno's clearly he's 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 a great goalkeeper he's not a backup goalkeeper everyone knows that um i think everyone knows that the only thing about leno is that and i've always said this about leno he's an excellent shot stopper yeah but but he no he, he's he's brilliant honestly I, I I would put him up there I think he's if not better than Ramsdale as a shot stopper yeah yeah I agree but he can't play out of his feet and no, Fulham yeah. they're going to take a lot of shots so he's going to be fantastic for them I I genuinely think he's going to be because they've had some sort of ex pro sort of international goalies who've just been a bit woeful for him he's gonna he's gonna really shore them up because he's mm. still quality still a quality goalkeeper. Um, but it just it just didn't work out for us, and I mean, like no, no discredit. I like Leno; he saved our bacon so many times. Um, but he's also put us in some some rough patches, just just the way he is, the way wayward with the ball. Um, I think for ten million, for for considering the contracts and how much he's not played, I think is a good deal. I think it's a good deal for both parties. He gets the opportunity, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be bitter about it. I want to see him do well. Um, he isn't, I want a gooner, always a gooner, you know, um, he's never, 
sort of bad mouth the club. Yeah. He's never mm. really talked about us in bad. He's been very professional. Um, and I think Fulham are getting a good player. Uh, at the end of the day, I think they're getting a good player. And I think it's a good, it's a good sort of fee and... Yeah, it's a win-win for both parties. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I, I mean, you can't really say anything bad about Leno and the way that he's conducted himself. You think about how most players would react after, you know, a second-tier player comes in, takes your position, and you've been benched pretty much for the whole season, then comes on to play a game. I think he saves a, makes a cracking save and then celebrates with the other goalkeeper at the end like he's won the World Cup or something. Um, you know, great. Uh, character and just a man himself, really positive um, and just a, you know, a really good, decent guy. Um, and actually it, it works well for everyone because he gets to stay in London. He gets to play for a Premier League club. Arsenal get, um, a, you know, a relatively decent amount for a player who's on his last year, right age profile for Fulham as well. Um, so yeah, good luck to Leno. Uh, but another bit of transfer news that's, that's come out today and actually has been lingering around for the last few weeks is a potential um, move for Gabriel to Juventus. James, I'm, no. I mean, I was scratching my head when when I first read this. No, <laughs> I mean, it, the the worrying thing about this bit of news is that it, it it's not going away. It's it's one of those annoying flies in the room that just doesn't go away. If 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 Arteta was to get rid of any of his back four. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think he'd you know he he wouldn't be liked. Let's put it that way. Okay, but let's let's imagine now because I think Juventus are going to be able to free up uh, a significant chunk to bring in you know two centre backs. It's it's claimed that they 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 want to bring in two centre backs. If they put in a ridiculous offer of about fifty mil, it's very unlikely. If they put like in a sixteen. Okay, I'm say not- all right. So let's say they they put in a ridiculous uh, fee. 60 more 60 more for Gabriel is still a bit you know ambitious but let's say 55 for the sake of argument right 55 mil for Gabriel the club are surely gonna have to consider it mm, no. no I mean yeah I, I mean I, I spoke in the days Spain. where we sell our best players yeah literally I spoke in a space with Freddie Paxton um, yesterday um, and I asked him I actually asked him this question because I said to him I was like look these links aren't don't keep going have you had anything from the club and he said look Every player at the end of the day does have their price, but the the plan is for him to be at Arsenal next season. They do not want to sell this player. Um, but if they come in a silly offer, and I just said to him, I said, what number would you go? And he, he refuses. I can't put a number on it. I mean, I, I, I want 70 million. I want 70 million for Gabriel. That's the mm. absolute minimum because that's how important he is. And, and it's people go, oh, but he's not worth 70 I don't care. That's how much he's worth to me. Yeah, fair enough. That's how yeah. much he's worth to this club. And it's like Rafinha's not worth 60 million, is he? but he's worth 60 million to Leeds. So that, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's about how much he's worth to the club. And he's literally, since he's come in, he has been, he has completely revolutionized our defending because we were woeful, woeful before he came in. We were conceding, where we had Mustafi oh, just dropping blunders every week. We had um, Koscielny towards the end of his sort of stint, just, oh don't and then we had an awful backline we had an awful awful backline we had Chambers and Holding and Mari and all these men and it woeful Gabriel is worth 70 million pounds to me and if and if you don't offer that you're not getting him simple as move on move on to your next target yeah exactly 
Love that. Yeah, James, I was, I was, I was, I was hoping for um, your response uh, or oh, your reaction. My response to that. To, not, not necessarily response, but I mean, what about um, if Juventus do... I mean, it's all it's all good. It's all good and well us saying, you know, we we we. This is the amount that we've put in on the player, but we know how Arsenal operate, and Look, unfortunately, they haven't been the best with their selling approach and they're what. selling players for far less than they're actually worth. In is there is there any situation where um, the 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 seniors Edu and Arteta look at the offer of about fifty mil and say, you know what, we might be able to fill this gap in with that kind of money um, for a little with bit who? less. Who would you fill it in with? I I wouldn't fill him in with anyone. I think he's an incredible right. asset, and he there is no way that Arsenal can no, but sell who him. Would you repl- who would you replace him with if you were to sell him? Um, Lewis Dunk, maybe, not sure. Eh? Lewis, Lewis, what? Hold on a Lewis second. Right footed as well, isn't he? Say that again. Is he right? Isn't he right footed, Lewis Dunk? Um, I, I generally Lewis can't Dunk think is... of a of a. I don't honestly. I can't. I don't know think why he's the first name that came into my head. I just thought I, the most. Lewis, Lewis, Dunk, Lewis Dunk is a good player, but he's yeah. not. He's not. I just can't see him in an Arsenal shirt. He's not. Um, Gabri- he's not a Gabriel level either. Yeah. He's Newcastle. He's a Newcastle, like, do you know what I mean? He's like their, their one that would take him to the next sort of like level for him. But um, Ooh, Upa no. Meccano. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, not Upa Meccano. Who's the other, who's the other lad? Um, what, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, Napoli. Um, oh, uh, Koulibaly. Koulibaly, yeah. Koulibaly, yeah, no. Uh, he's too old. <laughs> he's like 29. He's Wait, old now. Honest, honest, honest to God, name me a better left-footed centre back for, at the same age as Gabriel. Yeah, no, no one. there isn't anyone. There is, you know what? If you sell him, you're stupid. You're an you're an absolute idiot. If, if yeah. Arsenal sell a player like Gabriel, they took ten steps back from their transfer policy. That's that is a spot-on statement. Well, I mean, let's hope this it doesn't come to it. I'm just I just get very jittery when I keep seeing it popping up on the timeline. But anyway, time to end on some positive news, okay? Um and ooh, I'm of course referring to the announcement today um from Jack Wilshire that um he is super he's been appointed as Arsenal's under 18 head coach following his retirement uh earlier this week. Um really nice tribute video actually that got released by him as well. But he he will be the new under 18 head coach. Um again, a, a little bit of a polarizing bit of news because on the one hand you've got an incredible ex-player a veteran in his day and someone who can bring so much experience and value but on the other hand you have someone who is raw fresh who's going to be learning on the job and to be the head coach of of Arsenal's under 18 you could put it alongside I mean you could put all of the um different kind of squads all of the head coaches in there in the in those in those squads the under 18s under 21s etc etc as just really crucial positions because Arsenal are a club that generates superstars from these um you know lower um academy, academy peers yeah. and so Wilshire's going to have a hell of a lot to do to make sure that he is pushing out churning out the consistent amount of talent that we've been pushing out for the last few years um he's got Mon- papa Per to look after him 
I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. That's right. It's so nice, isn't it, that we're seeing ex-players, you know, veterans coming through, sticking with the Arsenal DNA. And this is something that I have to give a lot of credit to Mikel because he came in and the first thing that he said, we need to create culture. We need to revive the culture of the club. And they've done that. Um, So, Monty, give me your thoughts on this um, bit of announcement. I'll be real with you right now. When I when I saw the retirement uh, clip, and because I, I, I knew he, he was sort of going, he was already being touted to be the coaches. I, it almost put tears in my eyes. I can't even lie. Like it, it, I just loved every. I loved everything about it because Jack Wilshere was probably like in the recent years, probably one of the most famous sort of academy product products. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he and and him alone being in that academy will inspire so many kids. Because they will see that one, he did progress for the academy, became a player, won trophies, and then even now that he's finished, he's still with the club. So the, the, these young players will still will see a future of the club. They, they they can see that there's a family sort of orientation of the club. It's not a case of you're just you're just an asset. We're we're looking to raise you and sell you. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of the selling clubs, like I don't know, one of the biggest ones is Ajax. They they just churn kids through. They just churn them. They don't really keep them. They just churn them, put them in the Champions League. They look all pretty and then boom, they get sold. You know what I mean? Where it's mm. like Arsenal, it's like you come through the club from age six years old. You you go through the whole stages bit by bit by bit. You get your opportunity. If you're good enough, you get your opportunity. Um, and it's worked out for some players and it hasn't worked out for others. Um, and it, and I think having a player like that who has gone through ups and downs, he hasn't had his, his way the whole time. Um, Let's put that out there. I think in terms of what he can speak to these kids and actually talk to them about his lows and how he got through them and how he's, it will be so beneficial for them. Um, I think he's such a role model, um, genuinely. And he's actually a good bloke. Like in, 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 in real life, he's actually a really good bloke. Um, so I'm, I'm all for it. I really love it. And the, the main thing as well, like he really did apparently impressed uh, at towards the end of last season where he stepped in on some under 18 games to yeah. coach and he really impressed um, because of his sort of his um, application was so good the way he was with the kids uh, and the way that he was able to articulate what he wants from them um, yeah I, I think we're going to see a lot of stuff uh, come out in the next sort of four or five years and, and it'll be and you'll see a lot of players come out and say it's because of Jack Wilshere I think I think that that'll be that generally be will be a, a thing that will happen mm. and James um, the pressure is going to be on uh, with Jack Wilshere is he going to be able to deliver um, I think I think yes because he's he, he, he doesn't seem like the person to you know shirk down from a challenge he's always he's always been kind of a leader in in the dressing room when he was playing and uh, now transition to a manager I think for him will will be. I think it might, you may see it, it might be better than his playing career <laughs> in him management because I think he he I think he's managed uh, some play. I think he managed like a, a semi professional side under eighteen as well, or uh, it might have been like an under fifteen side. I saw a documentary that he was already starting managing, and um, maybe he'll find more joy out of managing and playing because he for one he won't be injured and there's and there's less um you know there's there's less i guess toll on the body i guess um but who knows i think he i think he will get 
go up the ranks. So I think he'll become an under twenty ones manager. Then he'll move to the first team and potentially become an assistant manager. Maybe maybe, mm. maybe like a, a Mikel Arteta, like maybe like Arteta uh, was to Pep one day. Um, if, Jeez. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe, I t- who knows? I totally agree. Let's hope, Arteta, let's, let's hope Arteta emulates Pep. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? They've got the same kind of career trajectory. Kind of. They both played in the Barcelona Academy. Blah blah. blah. Anyway, I'm 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 going off um, rails a little bit. Um, I, I'm just going to give my final closing thoughts on on, on the Wilshire um, announcement. And um, yeah, I agree with you, James and Monty. I think it's going to be an incredible uh, addition. And actually, um, James, you're right to say that he's, he probably might he, he 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 will he will definitely want this more uh, than most because of the unfortunate uh, ending to his career and just the trajectory of his career as well. What should have been a beautiful story of a player who wins multiple titles, uh, goes on to do incredible things in the game, wasn't to be. And so that's going to spur him on, really. That's going to get his, um, you know, it's going to get him really wanting this more than anyone else. He's going to want to emulate that, what what should have been, a successful career into coaching. So, you know, I'm super excited to see this. And and like I said, it's just so positive, so nice to see that um, Arsenal are keeping everything in-house and we are um, building on, on, on Wenger's legacy, building on Chapman's legacy, keeping Arsenal the way it should be, uh, the classic club that we know it, uh, know it to be. Um, look, I'm going to leave it there. Um, we have, uh, you know, knackered on long enough. We've spoken about mm. a number of different things. Um, an exciting week for Arsenal as they prepare to head off to the States uh, to start their tour over there. A number of games to talk about. Games that will be keeping us awake until the early hours of the morning. <laughs> um, it's going to be a tough one for those that have work and stuff. Um, and But yeah, I'm, I'm going to be here for it. Um, I'm going to be watching the games, eagerly anticipating who's going to be playing, whether Arsenal make any new signings whilst we're over there. Um, lots of things to be happening. Uh, so, yeah, plenty to uh, talk about when we come back next week. We hope to have a special guest on next week. Um, I'm, I mm. won't ruin that surprise just yet. We've got a few very special guests in the pipeline. We're working on it. Okay, we're working on it. Give us some time. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll leave it there. I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who has been listening up until this point. Thank you very much. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you thought of this episode by reaching out to us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us over there at Ask Therapy pod you can also find myself on twitter at gunner since 96 you can find james at james Payne afc and of course as always you can find monty at uh monty underscore official underscore i got it yeah <laughs> we got that oh my god i'm getting better right i'm getting better, yeah, right. better right. um so yeah you can find us um over there on twitter give us a follow drop us your thoughts drop us any questions you want us to answer next week um but yeah we will be back next week for another episode for another 90 minutes of chatter uh but until then take care of yourselves have yourselves a very good week make sure to use sunscreen protect yourselves from the sun um and yeah we'll see you next week thank you very much bye-bye take care guys